0: Here at the Achieve Podcast, we want to be responsive to what our audience has been requesting. Many of you have reached out seeking advice on how to start a business. In a bid to help with that, we have created a 30-day business plan program to help you write your best business plan. It will become a great vehicle to collect and assemble your ideas, have a way to communicate your concept to other people, and also be a means to raise capital. There will be prizes awarded that will help you polish your plan to optimize success. Visit Achieve Podcast forward slash business plans with an S at the end to register. On this episode, we have Neil Rajpal. Neil was born in Hong Kong and grew up in New Delhi, India. He gravitated towards sports at a young age and devoted the bulk of his time towards tennis. He did a portion of his high school in Barcelona in order to attend a leading tennis academy. He attended university in San Diego, where unfortunately an injury precluded him from continuing his sports career. He launched his first company before graduating, focusing on a mobile app. He morphed that into co-founding a mobile app development company, which was eventually acquired. He recently launched Heal Ventures, which focuses on initiatives in the mental wellness space.
1: Neil, thank you so much for being on our show.
2: Hey, thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: No, uh, it's really great um i've had a chance to uh chat with your partner uh matthew lazarus and um it didn't quite feel like the equation was complete uh,
2: unless you had uh your voice present here so uh <laughs> well i appreciate i mean he he speaks uh way more eloquently than me but uh i i think what you're doing uh with Achieve is, uh, is necessary i think we need to have more people that share their voices um and bring their stories to life so you know i'm i'm working on mine and uh you know i i thank you for having me on the show
1: no absolutely neil and uh, it ends up being a life's work doesn't
2: it and uh,
1: you know the story's never quite done
2: hey you're, you're constantly learning you're constantly trying to give back you you're constantly evolving so
1: well and that's that's the beauty of what we're trying to share and uh, you know our tagline mining the nonlinear path uh, is all about that but okay. uh, yeah um, let's let's chat about you Neil so um, were you born in New Delhi?
2: I was actually born in Hong Kong uh, okay. to uh, a Chinese mom and and an Indian father right um, my Your father, father was
1: doing business in Hong Kong is that yeah how?
2: My, my dad was uh, in Hong Kong at the time he was working for a, a little company called Hewlett Packard <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> well we have that in common my uh, my wife worked for them in Singapore before at the time we got married
2: oh yeah very nice yeah. yeah so you, you he spent about 30 years uh at Hewlett Packard he started yeah. uh, in Canada moved out to the bay area um and then got posted to Hong Kong and then subsequently uh India uh you know jam packed in that 30 years
1: <laughs> amazing wow yeah my i think my my wife's career was about a tenth of that uh <laughs> stationed in Singapore and then uh, we got married, and she came stateside, and things changed. But um, uh, w- in which department was your father in?
2: So he he started as a salesman. Um, oh, nice. I remember the days where uh, you know he's. He, I don't know if he was the first colored salesman, but he was definitely you know one of the first colored salesmen uh, at HP uh, out of Toronto. Uh, he said he used to, you know, go door to door selling printers, um, you know, a lot to universities actually. So you know, he would, you know, team up with professors or somehow get a hold of them. He talked to me a lot about, you know, his not necessarily his balance, but just how 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 he did sales and his approach to it, um, which is very interesting. Like trying to find people at odd hours, you know, like before, before work, after work, during lunch. So, uh, you know, I think at an early age, uh, you know, I understood the psychological factor of uh, doing business. uh, And that's something that he taught me. Um, So, yeah, I appreciate that. But um, yeah, from from there, he he got uh, posted to uh, HP, the headquarters. And he was in a sales and marketing role, eventually got um, shifted to Hong Kong, where he led sales and marketing for APAC. Uh, and then he finally got sent to India to start HP uh, India. Uh, and he ran, he basically created the infrastructure and ran HP India for, I think, 10, 10 years or so before he went on his entrepreneurial path.
1: Nice, nice. Some vignettes there that uh, you followed suit on. Um Neil, do you have siblings?
2: I do. I have uh three siblings, three oh. three brothers, two older and uh one younger. Wow. And uh were
1: all of your were you and all of your siblings born in Hong Kong?
2: No, so the the older two were born in um <laughs> They're much older. Uh, I think either Toronto or the Bay, the, the Bay Area. Okay. Um, I, I'm pretty sure it's Toronto. Um, gotcha. And my younger brother was born in New Delhi uh, when we moved to India. Got gotcha. you. Okay.
1: So um, so you, basically, your, your parents had met prior to your father settling in Hong Kong?
2: Uh, no, my parents had actually they met in Hong Kong. My mom also worked at HB uh so my my two older brothers are actually my half brothers gotcha. uh, but you know, gr- growing up uh you know we were you know, obviously very very close they yeah. live in same house and we're still very close um but yeah uh you know i, I think after their mom uh passed passed away at an mm-hmm. early age when uh my dad and my mom started uh hanging out sure. um, yeah and you know one thing led to another and you know they eventually got married had me moved to india um and then they had my brother and i i grew up uh for you know the majority of my childhood in in india yeah yeah
1: and so um how old were you when you got to india six months oh wow okay so um, yeah that's basically the beginning yeah Um, (laughs) well and um what was that experience like and um, particularly interested in knowing when did you start playing tennis
2: sure um yeah so i i started an early age my my parents uh they used to be members of a club in new delhi called uh like a country club called the jim connor club so I used to, you know, they played every weekend. So I used to be there uh, playing every weekend, uh, not necessarily with them, but, you know, I'd go, you know, hit the ball every now and then. Um, and then, you know, I, I spent a lot of my childhood, um, my, my parents put me into a lot of sports. So I played uh, tennis, I played soccer, um, football, as I call it. Yes, as uh, we call it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah and...
2: and uh, 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 baseball, actually, I played baseball. Wow, uh, we, we had the only uh, diamond in uh, at the embassy in in New Delhi. Wow, uh, so I played that as well. Um, and you know, it got to a point where my you know, as I got a little more focused and serious, and you know, sports, uh, my parents kind of they didn't pressure me at all, but you know, they they kind of urged me to uh take up a sport that didn't need a team because you know i i could spend i i would only need one person to play with or True. play against yeah. uh, versus you know group group uh group sports so um that kind of got me into the tennis um and yeah i mean i i dedicated a lot of my 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 early life to tennis i ended up um, when I realized that, you know, that's something that I wanted to do. um, You know, at that time, become a professional tennis player. Um, I left home, uh, New Delhi at the age of 13, uh, went to a tennis academy uh, in Florida, uh, called the IMG academies. uh, Um, And I was there there for a year. Uh, which was also it was it was it was really interesting as a kid. I, I remember, um, you know, leaving home, being by myself at boarding school. You know, just crying the first like couple weeks every night. <laughs> um, you know, couldn't really get through, but you know, a lot of people helped me along, and uh, yeah, that was that was the first the first time where I experienced you know living on my own. Wow! Incredible um and so take
1: us from there you're 13 you're in boarding school in florida what happens after that
2: 13 um i i i played in florida so i I was doing uh schooling as well as playing you know five six hours a day um for a year and then uh that summer I was at a i was watching a tournament in uh in London we were watching Queen's Club there with my family um, and uh, we met uh, uh you know Leander pays yeah sure so we met uh one of leander pays Pace, pays's coach who invited us uh to watch a watch him play and he somehow brought up the fact that he's associated or Uh, He knows, uh, or or he said Spain, you know, Spain has a lot of good programs uh, as well. So he was like, why don't you look at an academy called the Sanchez Casal Academy? Um, And, you know, we did. It was really interesting. They had a good program there. Um, It was also closer to home. Um, So the next year, you know, all of a sudden we made a decision to uh, switch over and, Wow. I was then living in Barcelona, you know, doing, doing my freshman year of high school and uh, playing, playing there and, uh, you know, I guess understanding European culture to the max.
1: Did you learn Catalan while you were there?
2: No Catalan, but, uh, yes, I I spoke a little bit of Spanish. I still do.
1: Okay, Castellano, as they say. Castellano, sí. <laughs> well, <si. laughs> uh, are you a FC Barcelona fan?
2: I am not an FC Barcelona fan. I have always been a Real Madrid. Fan. Oh,
1: fantastic! Very <laughs> good
2: company. Um, um, yeah. Having
1: been born in Germany myself, to parents of uh, Indian origin, um, football is uh, obviously my my passion um and um there's a a tie i mean spain is such a fascinating um setting for for football mm-hmm. but uh, um there's a german connection with uh real madrid and our competitors the netherlands have the tie to barcelona barcelona and so yeah johan Cruyff and, yeah. uh, and frank reichard so on and so on and um we've had you know um netzer and uh um, even recently like Tony Kroos and uh, yep, Tony Kroos players Kroos. there <laughs> at Real Madrid so yeah that usually is how the uh, dis- distinction falls <laughs> well, you
2: know what it's, it's good to have uh, it's, it's good to be talking to another other human who you know supports the same team <laughs> yeah absolutely well especially in this is uh geography i i i wish i spoke uh, more languages I, I wish i spoke more of you know my 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 i guess my my mother and father tongues as as we call it right um, but yeah i i don't think language was something that kind of resonated i, I think just growing up I, I i had to uh i i wasn't taught the language by my parents i i grew up you know kind of absorbing it from you know my the staff that was in, in the house or of you course, know yeah. speaking here and there and yeah. um yeah it's unfortunate looking back uh you know it's easy to blame my mom <laughs> or my parents but uh, yeah I, I wish I, I took advantage which is something that I, I really regret yeah,
1: yeah yeah well you know um, as we were talking about the path of learning never ends never ceases so um, you know there, there's still time uh, I'm attempting to learn Mandarin alongside my children uh my wife is uh i mean she's punjabi like i am but uh she was born and raised in singapore so she's actually fluent in mandarin yeah amazing so we're, we're trying to learn it <laughs> and uh i mean the kids and i and i the kids are doing a far better job than their father <laughs> um so i mean uh,
2: at, at that age they're 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 sponge right yeah right? no
1: absolutely and, and you know we, we we go every summer to singapore and sometimes during winter break so that they get the exposure to uh to asian culture i love that very really meaningful and important to us um yeah so you're in spain and do you finish high school in spain
2: uh no i was actually there for a year okay and uh you know i, I went back to india to play a couple of tournaments okay. and, uh, I actually found a very, a very good coach who was coaching a lot of the top juniors in, in India uh, at that time. And uh, something called me to him. Uh, we got along very well. And I think uh, I might have wanted to move back, uh, you know, just to be closer to home. Sure. Uh, That's you know, my family, you know, we, we, we've been a very close family, you know, growing up. Um, nice. I think a, you know a couple of years out got to the point where it was like I could do the same thing at this level um, being closer to home yeah. um, I think I might want to take advantage of that so uh, that's what I did I moved right. back to India and you know we, we I, I actually I, I grew up going to the American school uh, yep. in, in New Delhi, New Delhi yeah. and I went back uh, I think. I was tenth grade at the time, um, and I uh, started started playing. started uh, started going back to school, and uh, the international school that you probably know are pretty uh, demanding. Yeah, very uh, competitive. Yeah, very competitive, um, very academic, um, and you know, I I, I I tried following a similar schedule to to when I was at the academy. So, uh, you know, we wake up very early, 5.30, 6 a.m., be at practice. Um, you know, you're, you're working out, you're having your morning session and then 8.30 school starts. Uh, you go through school till 3.30 and then you're back at the court till about 7.38. Yeah. Uh, and then that happens again and again. And then uh, at that time I started playing uh, Playing a lot of international tournaments as well, so I was traveling uh, a lot, you know, in the region. And it got to a point where uh, the American school they they were not supportive of, you know, me being uh, being an athlete. Oh, that's too too bad. Yeah, it was their loss. Yeah, I I would think so.
1: yeah being that myopic is unfortunate
2: you're you're right um so i made a decision at the time i actually what happened was i i was traveling for the summer playing you know a a series of tournaments and uh at a tournament we we met a few a, a traveling team i think from an academy in the u.s uh, and we started speaking to their coach and uh, he was actually telling us how all of the players um, they they do online schooling through the University of Miami they had a they had an online you know high school basically interesting um, so we ended up you know looking at that and uh, we I guess with with the family we decided that you know American school while you know it was it, it was the school that I've been to, you know, while I wanted to be there, it was just not supportive and, and, and conducive to, you know, the, the program that I was, you know, in for myself. Uh, this 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 became an easy choice to, to make. And yeah, I guess junior year, senior year of high school, I, I you know, did online schooling, lived in India, uh, and I traveled you know, the world, playing tournaments and, and playing tennis. <laughs> oh, amazing. Um, yeah. You know,
1: you mentioned Leander Pays and uh, Vijay Amritraj is the other name that comes to mind. Yep. Um, are there other leading tennis players from history? I'm just trying to sure. think of
2: Indian origin. Uh, there's something Ramanathan or Ramanathan Krishnan, I think yeah. in the South. Yeah. Uh, there's there's Mahesh, uh, Bupathy, who played with Leander Paes, uh, you know, for for a lot of a lot of years. Um, uh, yeah, there there are a few that I played with a few, um, you know, growing up as well. Who they they didn't make it, you know, top fifty or anything, but they 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 kept kind of coming to the top hundred and then and then bowing out, but. Uh, yeah, they, they had talented players, but doubles was always, uh, was always the, the, I guess the type of tennis that Indians were very good at because I think of their hands. Uh, we Indians, we don't have uh, a good lower body. I would say we're not athletes, uh, you know, like the Europeans, the Russians, the Americans. So um, I think that's a game that, you know, the Indians, Typically did well at, and from a singles point of view, you you cover more court, you have to be more athletic. Sure. Um, it, yeah, I think we just never got there, which is crazy to me. By the way, I just want to you know state it on record. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy that for Indians, we're only good at you know a few sports, whether it's cricket, whether it's shooting. Um, we're we're a country of one point two three billion. Yeah. Uh, I would have I would hoped that, you know, we could produce, you know, rocks athletes. But. No,
1: yeah, you would think. I mean, field hockey is another. Field hockey,
2: yes, correct.
1: Where India has done well. And uh, I mean, the thing about football is it, it's really, the interest is concentrated in Bengal. Yep. Uh, which I find curious and interesting. Uh, and I, I wish it was broader. But, uh, I mean, there's familiarity and they know about it. But uh, uh, cricket is really, has just, captivated the uh, national imagination that's, that's, as a like a chokehold of sorts. <laughs> yeah, in that way. Um so the decision to go to UCSD, share with us about that.
2: Um I I actually went to the University of San Diego. Um ah, okay. not UCSD. Um but the decision it, it so i i i got recruited to play there um at that time i i guess when i graduated and before i went to went to college i took a i took a year off to just play my 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 family used to tell me that you know what's a year in the grander scheme of life absolutely uh, and you may you may be able to accomplish more so i took a year off to play and um then I got re- I got recruited to multiple schools uh, eventually chose San Diego because um, i I had friends who uh, I used to play with that went there and who mm-hmm. so it was an easy decision for me um, and yeah I, I got there I, I guess that was a it was a defining moment in my life because i I only ended up playing uh, for the team for a semester um, and I I got a pretty bad injury. And at that time, my my grades weren't, my first semester of college, my grades were pretty shitty. Um, So I made the decision to kind of, um, you know, stop playing. It was pretty demanding. So for for every other athlete out there, college athlete, I I appreciate everything that they go through. um, They do, because it is very demanding.
1: Tell us more about the injury. Um, I saw you kind of motioning
2: towards your knee. Was it a knee injury? Uh, it was actually it was a back injury. Um, mm. I I had various different back injuries uh, growing up. Uh, oh. A lot of it was due to an imbalance in in, in my back. Um, so I'm not I'm not sure exactly what you call it, but due to the imbalance, I I just you know, my muscles didn't really work well together and would create pain. Uh, a lot of the time in my lower and mid and upper back. Um, oh, so even as structure. you
1: were playing tennis competitively, you were feeling this? Yeah, every now and then. Wow, amazing. I mean, I, I'm just trying to imagine you probably exerted a lot of energy compensating for that misalignment.
2: Sure yeah i mean
1: which i mean it just taxes the body that much more
2: it does it does and um you know that shows that you have to be really disciplined to you know want to one understand why taking care of your body is so important and and health in general and 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 two to actually you know do it yourself like you know really you know actually make the change and 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 i guess what i'm trying to say is uh there are a lot of times where i took the easy way uh which you know let's you, you rather do 15 minutes more of you know back exercise but uh because you know i would do five minutes uh i think you know, that caught up to me in the grand scheme of things. Um, And and that's something that I've learned from. um, Sure, yeah, absolutely. Going into my adult life. You don't realize that as a kid.
1: No, no, you don't. But uh, I mean, I just, I can only imagine the gravity of the injury because you've devoted your life for six years up to that point uh, to to tennis, lived in different countries for the sake of tennis. And so to, to give it up, it must have been really acute and quite painful and so um
2: it it, it was i mean you know i I didn't speak about this but there were several times where maybe not several but a couple times where uh in looking back now i realize that you know it was burnout I, i put a lot of pressure in myself um as as a kid and uh you know it got to a point where at times I just wanted to quit yeah Uh, but somehow I found my way you know missing it loving it coming back um but yeah it was it was tough tough going through this life experience as a kid uh you know knowing that you know my parents fully supported it uh, a lot of money went into it and uh yeah I think just the pressure that built up uh, was I think tough to deal with? No, I can only
1: imagine. I mean, you were devoting five, six hours a day yep. to um, to the practice, and um, you know, most kids these days are devoting that much time to their iPads. Yep. And so uh, that that was that was significant. So you you have this um, moment where you say, "Okay, I'm." not going to continue this um how was that conversation with your parents
2: uh you know they were they've they've been supportive through throughout my life um and at that moment they were also supportive they 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 were the parents that you know they were happy letting me do whatever i wanted to do uh and if they you know, thought the decision that I was making was something that was needed, something that I wanted. Um, they would be, they were open, and they were. You know, I think from an early age they were very open to having me do and just be whatever I wanted to be. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I, I appreciate everything, and you know, I've been truly grateful to them and, and to my family throughout my life. I think uh where 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 things start shifting is that because you have a lot of that support that unconditional support uh as an individual or as a child you start putting a lot more pressure on yourself which uh, at that time you you don't really understand but you know i'm sure we'll get to this in in, in our conversation but you know at, at, at a certain point that 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 gets to you
1: absolutely no there's no question no question at all so at uh, University of San Diego you ended up studying business and uh, it seems like you focused specifically on marketing Um, was that just based on was there like a personal motivation there or was it more like seeing your the success your father had in the business arena and saying "I, I think that's a cool place to go into I'll go do that
2: yeah, I mean, I, I think also from an early age, uh, especially at a, you know, at going to college, I I knew to a degree that I wanted to fo- follow his path. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, having, and I didn't know specifically what I wanted to do, but uh, ultimately I figured that, you know, having, uh, you know, bachelor's in business, kind of, it covered the gamut. So, uh, I'd start there and uh, go from there. So, it was, yeah it was, it was an easy decision to get into business. Nice, nice.
1: Great. So, um, right after you're graduating, uh, after you graduated, um, was a good talk group kind of a job you had and then it almost felt like paid punch was a passion project that you were doing on the side but you tell us
2: (laughs) yeah so i I love that you you researched my linkedin (laughs) thank you (laughs) Uh, good talk group was actually i i've had various internships uh you know during my summers uh actually in new york so um, I worked for a marketing company you know back then um, and it was a summer internship. paid bunch actually was the first company uh, that I started uh, in my last semester of college. Nice. Uh, it was kind of a passion project where you know a couple of friends in in the entrepreneurship program or not entrepreneurship club came together and uh, you know we created a a model at that time um, you know that, that was like Groupon era yeah. and while while Groupon was doing super well uh, we we kind of did a case study on um, how a lot of small businesses were actually suffering from uh, you know the, the, the big group discounts that they were giving um, and while they would get people into their stores or businesses for that one time the the point of that was to get repeat business but people wouldn't come back
0: Um,
2: so we were like you know these ambitious college students were like let's 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 create a model where uh we can kind of put together digital loyalty or loyalty Mm -hmm. plus some form of discounts into uh, a product where you know we could have you know people use it at their small to medium businesses. So at that time, we created a model where um, you know it was a combination, as I just said, of uh, of digital loyalty cards. So you, you know those, if you go ten times, you come back, sure. uh, get a free drink or a free meal, uh, and uh, a model where uh, consumers could essentially purchase uh, purchase a card and the more they came back the the more they would get you know their discount so okay. let's say they would you know spend two dollars and fifty cents for a uh, card that had five punches on them the more you come back you know and, and the value of it was ten dollars so eventually if you keep coming back you would um, you know you would get a bigger discount um, so so we actually you know built a mobile app at that time it was, i think it was the first iphone that came out uh got this product out uh i think it, it got to you know maybe a few hundred businesses in uh the southern california area yes. yeah uh, and that was kind of my first segue into uh you know entrepreneurship um and you know i, I learned I learned a lot, you know. Obviously, building product, you know, going door to door, as a I guess as a college student, trying to sell one, you know, on one side businesses uh, to to join our program and convincing them that this, you know, would would get repeat business. To on the other side, uh, trying to convince uh, consumers to to buy these cards. Um, yeah,
1: which is uh, a mirror of what your father did in Toronto.
2: Yep, exactly. <laughs> I actually didn't, I, I didn't realize that, but yes, that's exactly what you did. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I, I, I did that. Um, and then, you know, at, at that time we realized that um, consumers didn't want to, you know, they didn't want to pay for anything. Uh, and ultimately that was the demise of that business. But luckily for me, um, I I ended up selling my, my stock to another partner that came in and uh, oh, nice. kind of made a decent amount of money. Yeah, oh, so you um, had an exit. So That's great. Very small, but you know enough to kind of get <laughs> me to, to New York. And uh, exits you know. are
1: always better than shutting down.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I'm truly grateful for, for the experience. And it was definitely, you know, my, my segue into technology
1: yeah well so uh the move to new york um and this is begins the era of mobile and i think uh you're also you're you're meeting with matthew lazarus your current right. partner at Heal ventures and right. so um what happened first did you meet matthew first or did you decide new york was where you're going to be
2: walk us through so that. i i i decided new york uh was the place to be um right. Uh, actually while I was while I was still working at Paid Bunch um, I I moved to New York because I you know as a early young entrepreneur who doesn't really know much I you know I had it in my mind that you know moving there you know if this business were to pick up and, and I were able to sell this in New York you know we would go from here to here and uh, you know it would it would make us basically, yeah, um which was very naive. I think you know a, a lot of mistakes were made, especially with with splitting the team like that uh, in retrospect, uh, not a smart one. But I think my desire to move to new york was was such that um, you know I think a, a bad decision was made there. Um, but in the long in the long run, I think uh, things have ended up fine. Um, I actually, I, I I don't like to say this, but I I think I moved because uh my now wife, uh we were we started dating then. So, <laughs> so I, I moved for love. And that's when I uh eventually met Matt.
1: It's admirable. If you're gonna move for tennis, it's okay to move for love. Hey well, I appreciate so, uh, is you, uh, uh, is your wife also in business or
2: uh, my wife is, uh, she, so she studied architecture um, at the University of Syracuse. Sure. And uh, she eventually got into interior design. Nice. So she's, she's kind of dedicated her career in, uh, in interior design and worked for uh, you know, companies like Estee Lauder, yeah. Mac at Estee Lauder, and now she works for a high-end um, fragrance brand uh also uh owned by estee lauder so you know she she played the the corporate kind of ladder and i think she's also uh in a similar place in my life or uh, like me where she you know is making a change now
1: nice wow okay um it can be a little uh contagious huh it is it is (laughs) (laughs) how did you guys meet
2: we met uh, through a friend uh, actually who I went to high school with. Uh, she was also in New York, and uh, for some weird reason, I decided to reach out to her uh, to meet up one of these summers and uh, yeah, long story short, I, I ended up meeting you know my my wife, and now we're all you know very, very very close friends uh, of you know almost I think almost a decade now. That's great no that's fantastic yeah. well congrats on that
1: um and so uh we'll get back to uh what you said about being in a similar place um but uh, share with us about uh mobilosophy um because that was you mean you were involved with that for a good five years i think
2: yeah five five years or even more five to seven years uh because we eventually rebranded to uh a company called Archbolt. Um, but you know, at at that time I met Matt and, uh, he, he, he was working in technology recruiting, um, recruiting for a bunch of, uh, New York city startups at that time, uh, out of college. And for some reason, um, someone came to him and was trying to pitch him an app idea. And, uh, Long story short, um, I got intro to Matt from a very close common friend who went to Penn as well, and uh, you know, I w- we were in the market of that was actually paid lunch days. We were in the market to to find this to to find a CTO, and we eventually met up, and um, I told him, well, you know, things are kind of winding down uh, for me. I'm looking to to make a change, and he was like hey actually uh you know your whole engineering team i i I forgot to mention my whole engineering team was based out of india um and he was like hey i have this person who's trying to build something uh do you want to go you know meet with him and you know let's see what we could do and uh we eventually went met with the guy um put a proposal out eventually didn't you know didn't get the product but uh you know, working together for a few weeks, we realized that uh, we wanted to go into uh, business together, and yeah, we started. Uh, you know, a mobile at, at that time it was it was like you know, app development was like you know prevalent. Uh, every company left, right, and center was thinking about app development. Mm-hmm. So you know, we said, you know, we have this team. Let's figure out how to how we can leverage them and and build a base here and. Uh, eventually, we you know we did that, and you know we built a lot of products for uh, you know Fortune 500 companies, and uh, yeah, just learned a lot. Uh, okay. Truth be told, I I didn't know anything about you know building an app then, but uh, somehow we 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 survived and uh, we learned on the job, and we got through it. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. That's
1: fantastic. Um, And then when it morphed into Archbolt, eventually it got sold. So share with us about that transition and then the sale.
2: Yeah, so we, we actually started working. One thing we realized uh, through the mobile app development days is that people, a lot of companies and startups at that time, uh, they had this mentality that, you know, if if we build something they will come (laughs) without really thinking about the business as a whole um so we saw a lot of entrepreneurs and, and companies kind of just make really really bad decisions at uh at that stage and a lot of them would put out products and spend you know hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars building something uh without you know validating anything up front Uh, you know market research is not true validation Um, so we kind of show we we saw a shift to start you know doing a lot more of these workshops where um, naturally I think we started we we stopped working with you know fortune 500 type companies and we gravitated to uh, working with entrepreneurs and startups Uh, just I, I think the reason why was because we were also, you know, startup guys, and we wanted to be involved in early-stage products and businesses. Uh, and at that time, you know, we we had a couple other partners on uh, that had, you know, venture experience. Um, so we we put together workshops around, uh, I guess, you know, new venture development, which we would kind of uh, take an entrepreneur. Or an idea through the kind of pressure test every aspect of the business, mm-hmm. ultimately leading to the point where um, you know we would say, hey, instead of trying to build you know this whole massive thing that you're coming into, this is the research that we've done, these are the people that we've talked to, um, these are the things that we've pressure tested. Why don't we start small, thinking about you know a minimum viable product that addresses this need, and uh you know we could also help you build it so that kind of you know the workshops that they're they're kind of a funnel but um you know most of the workshops led to product build outs and um yeah we did a lot of that um now leading to the sale um we realized that we our our methodology was not conducive to the agency model because the agency scale. model yeah i mean they agencies wanted to you know to build to to maximize revenue yeah. and we were trying to get entrepreneurs to stop decelerate yeah. you know really you know not 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 thinking about building 10 you know features or 10 features in their feature set but thinking about building two um and you know, eventually we realized that that wasn't something that we wanted to be a part of. Um, so, so we, you know, ultimately found a buyer, um, who was an agency that we actually worked very closely with as our, uh, development partners. And you know, they, we made a deal with them to take, you know, most of our clients and, uh, we kind of gave them a new framework to, uh, to new venture development that we still, you know, advise them on. Um, But ultimately um, it was a good decision all around. Nice,
1: Yeah. Great. Well, and so that paved the way for Heal Ventures. That paved the way. Yeah,
2: it did. It did. Um, There's a lot that kind of, you know, got us there. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and um, I'm particularly interested, Neil, and in, um, your personal narrative for why the ethos of Heal Ventures speaks to you.
2: Sure. Um, yeah. And this is actually something that I, I've I've really wanted to share. So I appreciate that. Um, I I got into this uh, because. Over the last couple of years, I I developed a pretty bad bout of uh, anxiety and panic attacks, and um, I went through this journey where whereby um, you know I, I, I had that external validation. We were making you know good money, we we're doing well externally, um, but something wasn't adding up internally. Um, which led to a lot of the anxiety and panic that that just came about um, you know one fine day out of the blue sure. no, I get uh, it. and at that time um, you know kind of going through I guess navigating it uh, it was very difficult for me because I one didn't understand and didn't know that whatever I was going through uh, was you know just it's just anxiety but you know it's actually it's anxiety um and you know i, I went through you know uh, many many i went to many many doctors i got a lot of tests done um, i was healthy as a bird and uh you know again physically completely fine um but mentally obviously there was there was something going on um so that kind of led me to a journey of introspection and a journey whereby i i just needed to get help in any way i could so you know i started seeing uh therapists i started you know getting a lot of uh energy work uh done on me from you know i guess the eastern side um and i changed my life a lot in in the sense that i became a lot more aware of you know my exercise habits, what I was eating. Um, and generally a big component of this was uh, my my purpose. I, I, I realized that uh, what I was doing wasn't making me happy and what I was doing uh, day to day, I, I spent most of my waking hours at work and uh, I didn't really see an end goal. Uh, and at that time, i i i told myself you know when i get through this or when i get you know on the other side of Mm -hmm. of everything i'm going through um i want to give back i want to make sure that you know people who are going through anxiety anxiety panic um and and various things and symptoms that come along with it uh don't go through what I, I went through, because it was a very hard time to navigate. And, um, you know, unfortunately, people, I spent a lot of money and a lot of time trying to figure this out for myself. And unfortunately, people don't have that. Um, so, you know, that, that kind of got me to the state of, uh, I want to do something for for this mission. And I want to give back to... You know people who suffer from mental health Um, and you know that kind of made my decisions a lot easier as i started becoming a lot more aware of um you know my purpose
1: amazing so um it was really the focus on finding your purpose that helped you overcome the anxiety that you were feeling
2: sure Uh, a lot of it yes was due to purpose and uh, yeah I, I going back to what i was saying I, I got a lot of help um you know i, I did the western stuff i did the eastern um yeah. i changed my life but I, I i think you know i i saw these just amazing practitioners we could have a long conversation about that too um one day but you know practitioners that have fixed people you know from cancer to uh, you know, removing gallbladder stones, things like that. Uh, so that was the last practitioner practitioner that I saw. That made me feel a lot better. Um, but I happen to believe that it was a combination of all of the things that I was doing to change my life, uh, with purpose being a big component of that. That kind of got me got me over to the other side.
1: That makes complete sense. And in some ways, um, growing up, your purpose was kind of aligned or even dictated to you in a certain way in in one direction. And that was, um, in, in, in being an athlete where the, um, kind of the rewards are, um, somewhat immediate. You score points, people cheer for you. Um, you have a good session. The response is, um, kind of immediate. And as kids, we, we get a bit addicted to that. And, um, and then, you know, business being in the backdrop for you, that was a natural path to follow. Um, but I, it just, in some ways it feels like, um, you didn't really have a chance to reflect on what that meant for you and, 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 and sort of aligning that with a purpose that really came from, from Neil himself. And, uh, it, that was an important part of your journey, um, to be able sure. to, uh, to go through to be where you are now and what i really commend is um your mission to bring that to others
2: thank you thank you i mean i think more people one need to need to lead by uh, a lead with purpose rather yeah i see a lot of people uh, especially you know high achievers Doing well, suffering from that external. Um, exactly. self. And uh, I think a lot more people need to go internal. Um, and and two, yeah, I, I somehow I, I'm lucky enough to, you know, be doing what I'm doing. And I, I realize that with the skill sets uh, that I've developed over the years, I can give back, and that's what we're trying to do at Heal. Um, so so yeah, I'm, I'm just. I'm super grateful for for having a team and having you know I guess being connected with people like you and having a circle now uh, that is trying to do the same thing and and that means the world to me.
1: Well, uh, I appreciate you saying that. And um, you say somehow you're lucky enough. The reality is that you're doing it on purpose.
2: Okay, yeah, you're and right. that's
1: a that's a clever pun, um, or maybe not so <laughs> clever, but it's a pun nonetheless. Um, well, following me. I don't know. it's intentional you have made those conscious decisions conscious very challenging decisions uh, and okay. you went through a lot to to make that happen and uh, I really do appreciate Neil your vulnerability your authenticity and your honesty um, Thank you. um, we're about out of time and I feel badly about that because I feel like this conversation could go for the rest of the day you
2: know I uh, I, I think there are a lot of people you know going through something similar yeah. um, that I was, and i i urge I urge every one of them to share um, how they're feeling. Um, I realize that you know a lot of what people need are just a community of people to speak to, that are going through very similar. Uh, aspects, um, and you know that's why I, I I really enjoyed kind of you know being able to to share my story, and uh, you know I really appreciate as I've mentioned several times what you're doing because um, you know you're allowing people to share or you you're giving people permission to share, yeah. uh, and at the same time you're allowing people to hear different stories and, and I guess. Stories that can potentially resonate, uh, which is just super powerful. So yeah, I, I appreciate uh, you having me. And uh, last thing I do want to say is, um, we talked about you. You just brought up the conscious. There's so much that you know people. There's so much that that the subconscious has to do with someone's life and someone's behaviors and someone's actions and how someone feels. Um, I, I really urge, you know, I, I know we don't have much time, but I really urge people to look more internal and look more into that subconscious because, uh, you know, there's a lot that gets you to a point, you know, of where you are today. And when you look that way, uh, you can learn a lot about yourself.
1: Well said. No, that's brilliant. Um, You know, this will certainly be an inspiration for many. And so uh, I really appreciate um, all that you've shared and um, your your call to action to others who may be feeling similar things. Um, It's really brilliant. And uh, this should be the first of many conversations. We will keep this going.
2: Can't wait to see. Yeah,
1: I really appreciate it.